Hello, and welcome to Asian Pacific Voices Radio, where you'll find stimulating conversations that explore diverse topics and stories impacting our communities. I'm your host, Rasha Goel. And can I just say, where has our season gone? In today's season three finale, I am so thrilled to welcome a remarkable power couple who are making a significant mark in the entertainment industry. Joining us is a versatile actor whose inspiring journey from Indian television to global recognition has captivated millions with his incredibly talented wife, who is a producer, director, and creative powerhouse behind the scenes. Now together, they are creating magic both on and off the screen, weaving in captivating narratives that resonate with audiences worldwide. Please join me in welcoming Amit Serene and Venetia Aurora Serene. It's absolutely a pleasure to have you both on Asian Pacific Voices Radio. Welcome, guys. Well, absolute a pleasure uh, to see you and uh, talk to you. Rasha, thanks for that introduction, which sounded like, oh my God, uh, what have you done? <laughs> Both of you have been creating some magic. I'm, I'm going to start with you because your journey is quite interesting. Walk us a little through the transition. You studied as an engineer, went into the entertainment industry, starting in Indian cinema back in India, and you were an actor and model. So what inspired you to make this shift? And if you could share some notable experiences in your early days. Oh, wow. So you took me back uh, from where it all started. Uh, well, engineering uh, was something which uh, my late mom wanted me to be. Uh, my heart uh, was always in, I guess, uh, uh, in acting and modeling and stuff like that. Uh, so when I said to my dad uh, that, you know, I want to pursue that, so he said there was only one thing I would ask from you. Uh, just uh, luckily I had those grades that I can go into the engineering college and so I did my engineering, but uh, deep within, it was just like, you know, by towards my last year, I was just honing when am I going to go to the, you know, Mumbai, get my, you know, photo shoot headshots and get into the action. Uh, anyway, that's how the journey started. At the moment I finished my engineering, I was straight bang on into Mumbai, the entertainment hub. Um, then I moved to, you know, doing a lot of theaters, street plays, uh, you know, performing in any Luke and Connor houses. House <laughs> yeah, I mean, street plays, it, it used to be called. Uh, did theater for a long time. Uh, ran into a lot of auditions, was preparing myself, like going for dancing classes, going for, you know, all the kind of thing. Uh, because I knew nothing about how this all is done. Only thing was that, you know, the confidence of being an engineer somewhere because it preps you in a way. And then, uh, you know, just the, the, the sheer hunger and, and, and desire to be an actor. Uh, and in retrospection, when I used to look back and I like, you know, everybody used to say you're so lucky. And, you know, how, although it took me seven years, I was getting little breaks here and there on TV and modeling and stuff. But big break came from, uh, you know, Kusum, uh, you know, the show on Sony. Uh, it was number one show. I didn't even realize that like the next day I was just moving in the market and I was like kind of, uh, you know, mobbed in a way. And I, I that was my first, uh, I would say, a glimpse to stardom, what it does. And TV being lucky that I was in the part of the, I mean, you know, I was in the era where it was a golden era of the TV, like, you know. So the characters that shows stuck with people for seven years, six years. Imagine I'm seeing your face for six years nonstop. 
I'm going to interject really quick, though, Amit. Um, I have to share with my listeners and my viewers that I used to watch that show, Kusum, that he's talking about. So imagine that was all the way in India. But as um, an Indian American here, you know, my family and I used to watch that. So it it's kind of cool in retrospect. And I want to talk to you. There's Kusum. There's Kyuke Saspi Kabi Bahuti. These were groundbreaking serials on Indian television. And for those of you that are listening to or watching our conversation right now, I mean, I, I, when I say groundbreaking, they really broke the mold all across. And we're not just speaking of in India, but even internationally. So how did these roles really impact your personal life and your career? In short, if I have to say, I'm still reaping benefits of, of, you know, to be part of those shows. And as you rightly said, the TRPs, I mean, it was internationally uh, popular. There were shows were like, I used to come to US and like I used to go to, I mean, I was in London. I remember first time I was sitting in McDonald's. And I mean, like casual, I mean, who would, who would know me here or something? Not that it was crossing, but a few people approached me and I said, whoa, what, what's what's happening here? So it was just that kind of exposure that, you know, it it seeps in you slowly. And uh, those shows, like, you know, the... the Everyone that travels in you is really international. <laughs> yeah, the ratings of those shows were like humongous. Everybody, every house had a conversation about Kyunki Sazbik and Ibauti. You know, so, and if you're part of that uh, kind of show... I cannot. I mean, you know, only in hindsight, when you look back, you can actually, you know, figure what happened, how it happened. But yes, uh, I was lucky. And I still remember the very first day I was swimming and I get a call and I come out and I, I get a call. They say, Ekta ma'am wants you in Kyunki from tomorrow. I said, what? That's how it happened, Kyunki for me, because of the kusum, uh, the popularity and stuff. And the first day I'm shooting. So my co-actor Shubha said, you know, Something. I said, what? No, great that you're doing Kusum. Now you're in Kyunki. You see how your life is going to change. I said, what do you mean? Honestly, I so clearly, vividly remember that. And I said, okay. And I sat down. And for me, she was a bigger actor. And I said, okay, yes. And like, you know, and I started a journey. And as you said, it was no looking back in the sense. It's, it's just phenomenal. I mean, and here you are, Chen. I want to mention when he says Ekta, he's referring to Ekta Kapoor, who is a mogul out in the Indian entertainment industry as a producer director. It's like, she's one of the places you want to be working with. I'm going to share a really, really 20 second quick story, by the way, when Amit talks about people recognizing him. So uh, we are, we are friends now at this point, Amit, Venetia and I, and I do want to mention, I was originally invited to their home. And as you all know, I interview a lot of celebrities or have worked in this business for a long time. But I tell you when the person invited me to their home for the first time, I said, Amit, Amit Serene, that 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 star from India, that's whose house you're inviting me to, and it was this moment of like, oh wow, I'm getting to meet this person here. So it's really interesting that you share that story because I even had that moment of when I first met you too. You, you know put that. me on spot. I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, it's it's been such a pleasure, and I'm going to jump to Venetia, of course, because. Venetia, you balance so many different hats, and I want to talk about your production company first, uh, Lady with a Hat Productions. How did you decide to come up with this company and, and talk to us about the filming of your movies because you've been shooting on an iPhone, and what led you to that creative endeavor? I was in India. Also, we, I started my journey as an actor, and that's how we kind of met. But I knew in the back of my head, at least around circa 2005, that I wanted to get behind the camera. Um, 
you know, there was just so much of life that was happening. And, you know, I did move to production in India. Um, but here we came in 2018 and a year into it, we were hit with a pandemic. So the pandemic gave me a resolve of some sort. And I said, you know, I have to get into directing like full time. That's that's my love. That's my passion. So that's when I said, you know, we don't need tools. We don't need anything. We can tell our stories because we have this thing in our hand perpetually called a smartphone. And I really didn't think. I didn't think and plan. And I did not, you know, buy the extra, you know, the gears that we need for the iPhone. I wasn't thinking. I just wanted to, wanted to say a message. And I remember we were... Uh, on a trip to in, in India, his hometown Varanasi. And I just wanted to share a message with the world um, on caste, religion, or whatever. And I said, you know, I have to just do it. Took out my phone and it just started filming, filming randomly. I put that together and I started sending it to a couple of my friends. And one of those friends said, why aren't you taking this to film festivals? This is a great message. And that's when I realized, I said, hmm, maybe I should. <laughs> is, this, is this how I'm gonna turn director? Um, and then I did. And then lo and behold, we won like so many awards in that it, with that short film. It was a three minute film called Come Back to Me, um, which now is on my Lady with a Hat YouTube channel. Um, you know, short films don't really have a bend. Um, you know, you, you could you, it's just something you play with and you hope that someone sees your work somewhere. <laughs> something else happened. And then I made another short film because we were all, remember, in lockdown at this time and there was just nothing going on. I just, but I had to create. I had to do something, you know, let my um, creative juices flow. And then there was another competition I heard of um, um, which wanted a two-minute comic film on the pandemic. <laughs> So I was like, oh, this sounds fun. <laughs> and then, and it, I was toying with this, an idea at the time where I wanted to, you know, film with shoes. Um, and I thought, you know, a shoe can tell a lot of story about a person and a character. And I, I was kind of going into that. And then uh, we, we took a pair of shoes, put them under the bed. <laughs> and I actually put voiceovers on them. And that became a film. Um, <laughs> And uh, because the the shoes were talking like, when are we going to get to go out again? You know, <laughs> it's like, you know what's going on in this world. So it became a bit of a fun philosophical kind of a message again. Um, it kind of became my style where I wanted to say some things, but I wanted to say it in a light way, you know. And then that just moved into a feature because again, we were still in a lockdown for a long time, and I was just flowing with you know this new experiment called the phone filmmaking. Um, and then again, unplanned, unscripted, you know, we went on a family road trip um, in June 2020, peak of the lockdown. And <laughs> I had an actor beside me driving. <laughs> so did you just throw the actor in and say, I'm making the movie and we're going to do this now? At the time, we had a really big incident that had happened that was affecting me a lot mentally. Um, it was the death of a very, you know, close colleague of Ibn Amit and of ours, Sushant Singh, um, he had committed suicide and that became national news. I mean, and it kind of leaked it's over not known here. whether he committed suicide or not, but yeah, he, he, we uh, lost him. That was looming large over my head. And then the whole lockdown and all the deaths that I'd been seeing in New York, which is my home city. And, you know, like a lot of that. And I thought people might be really struggling with their mental health. And I just wanted to, again, just tell something. I just wanted to say a message about that. And I didn't know what at the time, because again, I didn't have a script or a plan or an idea, but I did know that 
I wanted to say something and I saw something out there while on these road trips in nature. And I thought, this is so healing. And I have to, I have to share this healing process with people that things do get better, that life does journey on and things do change. So if you could just give yourself the time and space and the self-love to forgive yourself, to forgive others and to move on and to appreciate this beauty called life. Uh, so all these things were coming to me and then, you know, I just randomly started shooting videos of his that I will say two two things very quickly. <laughs> First time, so we are, he loves to take pot shots at that. <laughs> no, we, we are in Salt Lake City. I was with imagine I was having a watch, gadgets and like, you know, stuff. She just goes to a place, beautiful place location with a lot of uh, boats, yachts and stuff. She says, I want you to break down here and just drive. I said, what? Where are you coming from? I'm like, fine, that goes at home. You can do all that there. But no, why here? I tell you that. So uh, I broke down and my kids were there with me. And I came back and we sat in car. I didn't realize, I mean, I, I broke down and I came in the car and like, so the it was still reeling in. And my kids saw and like said, dad, are you okay? I said, yeah. But still the, the physicalities were saying something else. That was first part. Anyway, that, so, I gotta say, but that was the moment where I knew that he could do this and I could do this. So I was getting prepared. But I didn't know. I'll tell you where I was but ready. I knew. <laughs> I knew at that moment that he the could improv. Get... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that I was just following what the wife is asking you to do uh, without putting any head. Oh, so but you then one the day, no, one day, just th- I think next day or two, three days later, I think two, three days late, later. Uh, and in between, she was asking me to do things and I was doing, okay, I knew what exactly to be done, knowing her for 20 years, what she's mm-hmm. thinking. Uh, so she woke up first thing and she really shook me up. She said, I know what we're doing. I got it all, all sorted. Mm-hmm. She said, what is it? Uh, I have to say very seriously, what is it? So she said, this is a story about a man who goes on, who loses his wife and kid and goes on a road trip to kill himself. And how nature heals him and maybe shows him the light. The the light. That's I so clearly remembered. And I saw, it, knowing her, she has the whole film in her. <laughs> and and to her being, mod, being modest earlier when she said, like, you know, I was toying with this, that. No, it was 18 years of prep in a way. I mean, my definition of luck when people say that, you know, you're lucky. It's like, you know. Preparation meets the opportunity is called luck. So somewhere she was prepping, knowing her creative history and knowing how creatively she thinks. When she told me that one line, trust me, I was taking her so seriously as an as a director that anytime whatever she said, I know exactly. So for me, it never appeared that I'm shooting on a on a on an iPhone or XYZ. No, it was that scene or something she is telling me. And imagine we finished the whole film and then she went to create a story around it. Uh, I know I would not say I was on at all. Uh, I didn't know what you were in character. <laughs> Venetian, uh, could you share the name of the film again and where perhaps our listeners or viewers can watch it? Surely. It's called Between Mountains because the character is actually between two different states of life and death. And that's why uh, the metaphor Between Mountains. So yes, you can catch that on Tubi, on Amazon, and other streaming platforms. It's on uh, Yeah, guys, watch it. It's a beautiful film, which will tell you how, I mean, yeah. how nature can be. Nature is like a guide. 
if you look at that as a as a guide. Because of that, that inspired me to do, you know, because I got into it so much as a storyteller, I started doing these interviews with people who had lost loved ones. Um, you know, I started doing Let's Talk About It all on my YouTube channel, Lady with a Hat, um, where I started, you know, just really getting into this, to know this character, to understand him more. Because remember, I don't have a script right now. So I had to film this as I went. So I had to feel the emotion. I had to see what everything what I wanted to do, what journey I wanted to take. We took two more road trips to finish the movie. <laughs> but I love how you just, you know, get this inclination to do something and you trust it and you follow it. And you, and you mentioned mental health. I do want to ask you this because especially in celebrating another woman, you know, as you're a mother to two, you're also in the entertainment industry. You're married to an actor who's in the entertainment industry. You're constantly surrounded by this how do you balance your life um, with your professional work and personal like are there any particular strategies or how do you bring yourself to sanity well i do work a lot and i work hard <laughs> so uh being a mother you're right it's hard work it is the hardest work ever and filmmaking is another hard job right but being a libran i think that helps me <laughs> naturally create a balance because i'm always striving for balance so yeah, when, when like, when the kids are home, I'm all about the kids. Um, I do, you know, because they go to school, I have this life that I have when they're in school or before school and then after school. So I have my creative juices flowing around then and I work around, you know, their schedule and mine. And like I said, I have to work longer hours to meet that. And speaking of balance, I don't know how you both manage this, but Amit, you also have your own production company, Blessed Films. So are there specific genres or themes that you like to tackle through this company? How do you prioritize what you're going to invest your time in? First, being an actor, uh, that's my first love. But I think very close, uh, what comes very close to that is bringing, bringing some stories to life. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing process, beautiful process. And I think with one of the film which we uh, started was the, supposed to be the first one. It's about tigers, and uh, you, you you know about that. Uh, <clears throat> but so that's the film. Basically, uh, it's a jewel of India, but uh, to be set on a global platform. Uh, that's something which uh, when when people knew back in India that this is what I'm doing. So they found it amusing in the sense, oh, so here's Indian guy, Indians who go to Hollywood to bring the cast and the crew to come back to shoot in India, but it's a global story. So they, I mean, you know, they thought no one has done that kind of thing. There were filmmakers from Europe and stuff who have come made beautiful films like Sundog, Millionaire, or many other films, but it's not that kind of reverse engineering where Indians coming to uh, to have the the global uh, you know talent to bring them to India to shoot and that too about a jewel of India which is Bengal Tigers and then the story is global international you know so yes I mean going forward I would like to make uh, produce films which has interna international resonance but there is some element of uh, maybe Indianness to it because I I love our culture uh, I love there's so many beautiful things about our uh, either the culture or our, our, our I would our say sensibilities uh, you know the spirituality and the way we live our lives if any of those elements can be significant in some way 
but on an international platform. That's what uh, I'm, I'm hoping and aiming to. I love that. And and I have to say, I think um, both of you have done such a beautiful job of also preserving the culture and celebrating cultural festivities, because I think especially when we are immigrants or we come from families of immigrants, it is just so important to keep that part of our culture while we're trying to integrate into the American community. And so it's um, you find a great way to balance that. I, of course, have to ask you, you know, we are it's Halloween time and um, Natty Knox, a film that you both were executive producing, and Amit, you are also in the film. That's a recent horror film, a genre that's not really tapped into by a lot of South Asians, um, I can say at this time. I know it's being explored, but um, talk to me about this film because you had some very well-known talent in there like William Mosley and Robert Englund, who we all know as Freddy Cougar. So what inspired the creation of this particular film and what was it like to work with those actors? I can start off with you, Venetia. Um, well, this movie was like <laughs> like a gift to us again in the pandemic. Um, you know, I, I think we did our creative best <laughs> during this time that, you know, we planned something else and then we did something else, but then we we took that route because I don't know, it makes sense or you know, we believed in something. Um, and this was mostly uh, headed by him. Um, and, you know, our relationship with Dwight was was really good. Um, you know, we had signed him for another project. And so, you know, they'd come up with, with a project and said, well, we got this, we have this story and it's a small town horror story. And that's something that would you like to get in on? And then, you know, he brought the story to me and then we both read it and then, you know, he was like all gung ho. He's like, let's let's get into it. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, well, whatever you want to do. And then, and then that's how it happened. But I'll I'll give it to him because that that's something that he was really leading on. Yes, talk to us about your experience both as an actor and an EP on this film. Well, uh, so in one of the conversation, obviously, we all I think pandemic was that we all individually in entire world we were just figuring out what next and how we maneuver our life uh, to a different stage because we all were going through this whole, it, we have not gone in. I think none of us as a generation has ever seen something like this kind of pandemic, right? So, I mean, during that process, uh, me and Dwight were having a conversation and uh, uh, he brought about Natty and I, I loved what I uh, loved about the film that it had a universe, which is uh, very uh, kid-centric, and at the same time, it had a, a teenage aspect to it. And yet, it yeah, kind of connected to uh, little uh, older generations as well. So A, to have that. B, it had a little feeling of stranger things, kind of feeling where you're going back to old school of like, you know, you know small towns, the, the, the feeling, the characters of small towns. So, uh, it, you know, so and and then the young ca young cast kind of represented today uh, thing. So I think when I saw that those three threads, you know, work so well aligning, uh, and then experience of Dwight as in having been the director and and our partner having the experience of Halloween four and and the way he you know was thinking of this film to go about it, it was really convincing. And I I I I didn't have to think too much. I said. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. This and the, then this is director we yeah, love. Yeah, we were on board on that. Like, you know, and now, you know, it's out there. Uh, yes, we mm -hmm. hit a storm of uh, strike. But the point is, see, I mean, once you 
have a film it has its own journey it has its own destiny mm-hmm. you don't know where what you cannot control that neither we can we, we thought there will be a strike right when we are about to release the film we knew that we are heading into a storm but you know it is it is what it is we are whether we land up which side of the storm you don't know whether it will be a beautiful island or or it will be like somewhere well, in the middle of the sea we, <laughs> we braved the pandemic we're yeah. braving the strike it was such a challenging time and then to be releasing a film i do want to ask either one of you um to maybe elaborate too on the specific psychological themes or the elements that were explored in the film in natty knox considering that the genre's tendency is to delve into the intricacies of the human mind. So if you could just talk a little bit about that. I mean, I know you talked about the three different generations. You know, so I'll, I'll say two things. A, even to endeavor post-pandemic, anything was, it, it's not, you know, it was never an easy journey. The whole world was upside down. The whole COVID restrictions, travel ban. So we didn't know how we're gonna approach this film. With so much of thing, the money should go into the film rather than going into the things which we were doing back at that time. I mean, almost a year and a half back. Uh, so it was very challenging, tough, uh, nerve-wracking in many respect. Uh, there was so much up in the on, in the on the on the stake, uh, but we we decided to keep keep moving on. You know, one feet in front of the other, one feet another in front of the other. That's what the whole approach was. And going to the the thriller, psychological thriller. I mean, you know, we all were going through issues psychologically, which was all so prevalent around us. I mean, we were meeting people who were asking questions, which was so psychologically, uh, you know, unstable. And here we saw, obviously, we needed to be, you know, not a preachy or rather like, you know, uh, it's a commercial film. We, we we thought it's an interesting angle to see how you know human minds can you know create a world which can which can be devastating in so so many respect and then how sometimes the, the little energy of kids can break that you know uh, the the whole psychological world you have created which is actually not good so that's the element which which uh, which I personally. Part, and again, one of the reasons that I liked it. Well, I have just a few minutes left. So, and this film can be watched on Amazon Prime, correct? Prime, Apple TV, Tubi. Uh, we just released 400 screens uh, in Mexico. Uh, we, 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 we are going into the world. Uh, we're going to Germany, uh, UAE. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we are expanding ourselves. Uh, that is going international. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations! And like I was mentioning, it's so it's just wonderful to see South Asian creative artists and talent to be part of this genre, right? I hope that we start seeing more in this particular genre because it is a fun genre to explore. Vinisha, I do want to ask you too before you wrap up here about your organization called Wise. Um, I don't know how you have time to manage all of this, but you've also created this nonprofit to help women. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's another thing. A lot of things in my life have just happened spontaneously as as now you've heard <laughs> so this was another thing that kind of fell into my lap uh come circa march this year when i had a couple of friends who were nominated for the oscars this year in the documentaries and i said well the treatment that they were getting from the big studios and i you know I, i'm not going to name any but i'm just saying that um it just wasn't at par with what you would do for an oscar nominee like 
I know what goes on behind the scenes because now I've seen a lot of friends who are nominated and just want to show their movies out to people to, you know, they just weren't getting the, the, the right outlet or the right support I felt. And there came an idea, a wise idea. <laughs> and it's called, it actually stands for women in showbiz everywhere, everywhere, meaning global. So it's a global collaborative platform um, which covers the entire spectrum of entertainment. So music, if you're into music, dance, acting, producing, filming, you know, if you're a DOP editor, and if you are a female, um, and all kinds of female, I mean, we have a support system for you. So this is what WISE is. And we want to amplify them. We want to celebrate these voices, you know, and we want to be able to advocate for them. That's what WISE is. How beautiful. And is there a website or where can people find out more information about WISE? For sure. It's wiseonline.org. You can read about all our beautiful fall programs that are coming up and starting up. We have an upcoming showcase at the USC soon, which we're excited to announce. Um, we have a, a gala coming up. We've done some amazing events this year already, which you could see. Um, yeah. So get on board if you are a woman in showbiz and join the org. Oh, that's, that's incredible, Venetia. Thank you for sharing that. As we close out here for both of you, any particular projects or something you want to share with us that we can look out for? Now, at this point in time, support, give love to Natty Knox, spread the word. Uh, and also, since uh, Between Mountain also got released just last year, so watch these two films completely. One, uh, the, the Ray of Hope, <laughs> Life to uh, the Horror. So... Yeah, we have some interesting things on the lineup. Uh, there's a TV series that I've come here to make that we, we like, this was my dream uh, since 2003. <laughs> After meeting the great Al Pacino, um, I got inspired to write this TV series. Well, we wish you so much love and success. And it's been so wonderful speaking to you both and hearing about your journey. Uh, where can people find you, Amit? So I am on social media, on Instagram, uh, Amit Sareen Official. Uh, go there, but don't go there. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're focused on your work, so we get that. And that's A M I T S A R I N official, correct? Okay. Yes. And Venetia, how about you? Where can people find you or your work? Um, I'm on socials as well, Venetia on Instagram, and then uh, Wise underscore Women's Org um, on Instagram as well, and across other platforms. I would like to once again thank Amit Serene and Venetia Aurora Serene for joining us on today's show. Thank you both for being here. Well, Raja, it's, it's, it's been wonderful, <laughs> uh, a pleasure. Keep smiling the way, you, you know, you have a beautiful heart, the way you spread. You, you're willing and ready to help uh, the community. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, you know, uh, we cannot reach where we want to. Uh, all of us without support of each other. That's what I firmly believe. And I, we were having that conversation. Yes. Thank you. And I absolutely believe in that. So it's, it's, it's all of us coming together to unite for these causes. And for also my listeners and viewers, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have any suggestions for future guests, any topics, or even any questions, please do join me for our new season, new shows coming to you in the new year. And don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform, as well as follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. Once again, this podcast is produced by Asian Culture and Media Alliance. Asian Pacific Voices Radio is made possible through
through the generous impact grant provided by the California Arts Council, whose mission of nurturing arts, culture, and creative expression aligns seamlessly with our endeavor to cultivate a better, more inclusive California for everyone. So if you'd like to support our program, please do visit us at AsianPacificVoicesRadio.com. It has been such a pleasure of mine to be on this journey with all of you this season. Please do not forget to come back and join us in February 2024 for another exciting and thought-provoking edition of Asian Pacific Voices Radio Podcast. Until then, please be safe, everyone. Take care. Have a happy holidays. And I'm going to say I'm going to miss you all, but I will be back.